everybody welcome to trek trek i'm your host justin chang and with me is randy nelson hey folks it's us we're here we're back (laughs) we're here uh so how's it going randy it's going all right uh how about you i mean uh it's been about a week since uh we went to the san jose super toy show Mm -hmm. and uh yeah but how about in the meantime uh actually at the San Jose Super Toy Show, I did get some uh, Star Trek-related merchandise. Oh, yeah. We should talk about it. Uh, I bought some more Playmates uh, action figures from the Ooh. Star Trek line. Uh, I got Khan from uh, Wrath of Khan, so it's mm-hmm. older, shirtless Khan. <laughs> not not uh, the uh, Khan from Into Darkness? No. That, that'd be pretty... Uh... Pretty impressive if somehow there are Playmates figures from it's Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah. Uh... I got that. I got uh, Harry Kim, yes, uh, from Voyager, mm-hmm. and uh, Kess from Voyager. Oh, cool! And the funny thing is, on the packaging for Kess, there was a post-it note that said "Kess" with an exclamation point. <laughs> like, in case you didn't read the packaging or yeah. something. Yeah, in or... case you didn't recognize her. It was really Kess. exciting. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it's Kess, you know. Oh, so wait, you have Kess, and I have Neelix. Mm-hmm. So we need to like have a play date for our playmate Star Trek figures. Um, we'll we'll get together and maybe they can reconcile. Um, yeah. You know, it's been a long time since they were on the air together. Um, <laughs> maybe let's let's see let's see what happens. You know, is uh, the actress still in jail, or did oh, she get out? I don't know. I don't know. Did you get any other figures? Maybe I'll look into that <laughs> while you talk about something more positive. Uh, yeah, but she's she's been in some uh, trouble. Maybe not that recently, but yeah, it was a few months ago. It yeah. was September of last year. Um, I don't know. I don't know. If she's she's still not seeing anything. Um, not seeing if she's still. But hey, that figure, that figure takes us back to happier times. True. Um, if you no. can call Voyager happier times. <laughs> if you could tell, if you could call uh, Cass and Neelix happier times. Yeah. Uh, definitely happier for the actor. Sure. I'll, I yeah. can see that. Uh, yeah, so I think that's the only Star Trek-related thing I got. Oh, I did order the, you know those visual dictionaries? By, yeah. Uh, DK Publishing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I did pick up the Star Trek visual dictionary. So the visual dictionaries, are those, they're not the, the like, manuals, are they? Or are they the... No, they're the, the... ones, uh, like, they're basically for kids, but they mm-hmm. take pictures of the props and then give you little factoids about... Oh, okay. For some reason, I was thinking of, you know how you can get those um, things, like, you can get one for the Millennium Falcon, you can probably get one for the Enterprise uh, that looks like a car service manual, mm-hmm. but it's, the, like, the manual for the Enterprise. Yeah, the technical maybe manuals and technical stuff. Technical manuals. Yeah, maybe we should get those and start studying them, you know, in case we have to... Uh, have something like uh, doctor's orders where, you know, we have to uh, be in charge of the enterprise. Uh, yeah, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's the last, it's like, like the last starfighter. You're going to get uh-huh. called up to Starfleet. And... Yeah. I'm, I'm still waiting for the, the Star Trek game that lets me do that. Um, hopefully it'll happen at some point. Um, but yeah, 
Um, so you got that stuff. You ordered those. Um, I unfortunately didn't get any um, Star Trek figures. It's just nothing really caught my eye. We, we definitely saw some. Um, but, you know, like, I kind of have this trend of, of getting weird, like, holodeck versions of people. You know, like uh, like Cowboy Wharf with Cowboy Alexander. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was there was nothing like that. I think you scored pretty big with Harry Kim and uh, and Cass and Khan. Uh, those are those are definitely the ones I probably would have gone for too. Yeah, it's um, a, again there were no Enterprise figures. Yeah, I mean we really just saw them at the one we went to in Santa Rosa. Yeah. Um. So I felt really fortunate to have grabbed that Flox in his EVA EVA suit. Let's call it an Eva suit. I guess you could do that. But yeah, I grabbed him up there. Um, and uh, I still have to to get some space to to get him out of his packaging and and have him you know kind of have his own little sick bay menagerie uh, in my house, which uh, may actually not be the best idea. <laughs> Yeah, um, let's see, any other Star Trek uh, goings-on since uh, we last joined everyone? Um, oh, we were, we were actually discussing before uh, we started recording, um, there was some news this past week that um, there's there's some goings-on with Star Trek Beyond, the new uh, theatrical film. Um, and basically, uh, what I had read was that they were doing some reshoots of some scenes, because um, I guess principal uh, photography had finished on the film, uh, so they're doing some research uh, reshoots rather, uh, and they were also adding in a new character, um, which I'm not even really sure how. I guess maybe that involved the reshoots. Yeah, probably uh, reshoot some scenes to have a new character in there. So uh, I don't know if any uh, if, if this has happened in past Star Trek films or not. Uh, or uh, I mean, I know it, it happens in films. Uh, I was of the thinking that it's usually not the greatest thing <laughs> they're like adding a character that wasn't in the shooting script originally, but who knows? I mean, it could be a case of, uh, they saw the footage they had and they need some more continuity. So mm, mm-hmm. they just yeah, need maybe. a scene to link some other scenes. They were already shot. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would definitely rather have, um, a, a movie that makes sense. <laughs> personally if that's the case yeah um there's definitely been movies before where i could or i could think oh wow you know this would really have benefited from you know some uh some additional footage that would have explained something a little better so yeah uh, we'll have to see yeah we'll see um yeah. i went to see uh 10 cloverfield lane uh this mm-hmm. morning and there was a star trek beyond trailer in front of it it's the one that we've already seen but yeah it was nice to see it on the big screen again yeah, it was there. It was actually there for my showing too. Probably no uh, coincidence because you know J.J. Abrams, bad robot. <laughs> yeah, bad robot goings on. Um, but yeah, um, you know, it really doesn't outline or doesn't really give away much of the plot at all. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, beyond what we've beyond uh, what we've talked about before with Enterprise seemingly getting blown up yet again. <laughs> I feel like that just happened in Into Darkness. Uh, it get, got really wrecked, but um, it looks like it's time again for another Enterprise. Uh, but yeah, um, that's really, I think, all that's that's new and exciting uh, in Trek uh, news since our last episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm I'm definitely ready to talk about what's been going on on the NX-01 Enterprise. Enterprise. Yeah. 
with our friends on Star Trek Enterprise. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Star Trek Enterprise Season 3, Episode 17, Hatchery. Uh, original air date, February 25th, 2004. Uh, episode begins with uh, Enterprise. They found a wrecked Zindi ship on a planet's surface. It's not reptilian or primate design, and there are no biosigns detected on it. And Archer orders that an away team be assembled. Then it's the opening credits. Uh, when the episode comes back, a shuttle pod flies down to the ship. Uh, the EV suit clad away team consisting of Archer, T'Pol, Trip, Reed, and Major Hayes. Uh, disco- oh, yeah, all the major ones. <laughs> all, all the main characters. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, discovers uh, dead Zindi insectoids. Ugh, those guys are creepy. Uh, Archer orders that the bodies be taken up to Enterprise for examination, and they want the away team to find the uh, ship's database. Uh, Trip, T'Pol, and Reed find a section of the ship with a breathable atmosphere, and Trip tells Archer to go to their location. Uh, it turns out this part of the ship is a hatchery, hence the title, uh, <laughs> filled with insectoid eggs, uh, yeah. 31 of which are still viable. Ooh. Archer wants the eggs brought aboard Enterprise. As they're exploring, a helmetless Archer gets sprayed on his face by one of the eggs. Yeah, it kind of sneezes on him. <laughs> it's it's pretty gross. Yeah, yeah, and and I just immediately was thinking, this can't be good. No. Uh, and also, the Archer keeps going on these away missions, and it just seems very dangerous for him to go there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, come on. It's like this mission is so important, and yet they're sending pretty much all of the core, you know, officers down on these dangerous missions. Yeah. Anyways, and he's walking around with a helmet on, poking into weird eggs. Uh, yeah, a lot of bad decisions were made. <laughs> uh, in sick bay, Flox tells Archer that he got sprayed with a mild neurotoxin. Hmm. Uh, on the shuttle pod, uh, Hayes mentions to Reed that certain insects are known to hibernate, so he's not 100% sure that the Zindi on the shuttle pod are actually dead. Uh, Hayes brings up the training with the senior officers and how he wants to schedule more uh, target practice on Monday night, uh, which Reed tells him is movie night. <laughs> so apparently uh Hayes doesn't attend movie nights because he doesn't know it's movie night. Right. And Reed and Hayes are still fighting, even though <sighs> I thought they buried the hatchet last yeah. time. Archer told him to knock it off. Yeah. Uh in Archer's ready room, Trip and Tapal tell Archer that the Zindi made an emergency landing after a nacelle was fractured. The Zindi died due to suffocation because they transferred their life support to the hatchery. Uh, Archer wants Trip to repair the hatchery's bio-support because he doesn't want to abandon a sentient species, and he wants to prove the Zindi wrong and show that humans are not ruthless. Uh, Trip Ooh. can't believe what he's hearing, but Archer is firm about his decision. Ooh. Okay. Archer's just trying to look out for everyone, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. He's, he's you a know, very helpful guy. Yeah. You know, these insectoids, they're they're going to be part of the group that destroys earth um but you know let's let's spend some time helping him out yeah uh, the, uh, the archer is he's just got a big heart that's all mm-hmm, mm-hmm. big harcher uh-huh, i get it okay cool uh, captain starlog january 8th 2154 the crew wants to move on to azadi prime but archer is certain that he was right to stay in orbit of the planet 
uh, Trip and Mayweather try to figure out how the Zindi shuttlecraft uh, works. Uh, they found a Zindi shuttlecraft earlier. I mm-hmm. forgot to mention that. Uh, in the mess hall, Reed tells Trip and Mayweather that he finds it odd that Archer wants to stick around to care for the Zindi eggs. Uh, Mayweather is anxious to get to Azadi Prime before the Zindi weapon is completed. Yep. <laughs> but Trip backs Archer's decision. All right. Uh, in Sick Bay, Flox tells Archer that the insectoids are genderless and that each adult is capable of producing multiple egg sacs. Uh, their lifespan is no more than 12 years. Archer wants to know how long it will be before the eggs mature, and Flox estimates about a week. Uh, Flox notes that Archer looks tired, but Archer wants to finish the repairs first. Uh, back on the Zindi ship, T'Pol finds two Makos guarding the hatchery under Archer's orders. Uh, Archer is entirely focused on repairing the hatchery. While testing the repairs, an egg pops, and Archer determines it's a medical emergency. Hmm. Gross. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the insectoid uh, babies are really gross. Uh, in sickbay, Phlox tells Archer that the insectoid infant is dead. Uh, Archer wants Hoshi to search the Zindi database for burial rituals. Uh, Archer then wants to get the Zindi ship's reactor running by transferring Enterprise's antimatter to the Zindi ship in order to save the hatchery. Okay, uh, things are getting weird. <laughs> yeah, um, and in the scene when Flox uh, is holding that Zindi uh, insectoid in- infant, uh-huh. it was really gross. It was getting grossed out. Uh, in the command center, Trip tells Paul and Reed that they have to give up a third of their antimatter reserves. And as Paul mentioned in the previous scene, they're only at 60% as it is. Uh-huh. They uh, need to be able to get back. They need to make it back through the expanse. I mean, hope, hoping that they're, you know, successful against the Zendi weapon. Yeah, but Archer's really determined to get this uh-huh. hatchery up and running. Mm, almost unnaturally. Uh, T'Pol defies Archer's order for the antimatter transfer. Uh, Archer relieves T'Pol as first officer and has Hayes escort her back to Enterprise, where she will be confined to quarters. In the armory, Hayes shows Reed a vulnerability he found in the Zindi ship's shields. Uh... Trip visits T'Pol in her quarters. She's adamant that Archer is behaving more illogically than normal, but uh-huh. Trip thinks it will all blow over. Uh, she wants Flox to examine Archer, and if there's something wrong, they have medical grounds to relieve him of command. Uh, a Zindi insectoid ship appears and attacks Enterprise, then flies away. Uh, Enterprise, captained by Reed, uh, pursues and tries what Hayes had shown them earlier about the uh, weakness in the Zindi ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Zindi ship is destroyed before it could escape, but Archer is incensed because the insectoid crew could have taken care of the hatchery, and then Enterprise could have gone on its way to Azadi Prime. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, if there weren't people down on the insectoid ship you know anyways archer blames reed for not talking to the zindi first uh archer relieves reed as tactical officer and confines (laughs) him to quarters and puts hayes in charge because he respects the chain of command Mm -hmm. uh he also wants hoshi to send a distress call to the zindi uh which is obviously a bad idea since the zindi will know exactly where enterprise is 
in the launch bay, Trip and Flox ask Archer to undergo an examination. Uh, Flox says that he can relieve Archer of his command, but Archer threatens to confine Trip and Flox to quarters. <laughs> He's just gone mad with power. Uh, fortunately, Flox was scanning Archer the whole time. Uh, the scans show nothing, but Flox wants to run more extensive scans. And Trip has to make a move against Archer before the distress call can go out. Uh, during all this, of course, the Makos follow Archer unquestioningly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trip, Reed, and Flox rescue T'Pol. They devise a plan for mutiny, but they need to take out Hayes and the Makos first. Uh, first, they take over the armory, then Trip and another Starfleet officer beam down to the Zindi ship. Meanwhile, Reed, T'Pol, and other Starfleet officers get to the Enterprise's bridge, and there's a standoff. Uh, on the Zindi ship, the eggs have started hatching, and Archer uh-huh. is enthralled with the baby Zindi, allowing them to climb all over him. They're so weird and creepy. It's and little. It's so gross. Yeah. So they're CGI, right? They're CGI, but still the idea of it is... Yeah. It creeps me out. They're, they're just like... I know they're CGI. They're, they're just like unnerving. They're a little too convincing. These little like kind of intelligent insects that yeah. are just swarming all over him. Okay. Uh, Trip stuns him with his face pistol. Mm-hmm. Gives him a good old stun. On the bridge, Mayweather takes down Hayes, causing a brief firefight, but Reed ultimately gets the drop on Hayes and has him confined to his quarters. Uh, Tapal has an acting captain Starlog. Uh, Enterprise has resumed its course towards Azadi Prime. Major Hayes and the Makos have been relieved of duty for now. Uh, Flux has discovered the reason why Archer was behaving oddly. Uh, he tells Hayes that it turns out that the egg juice that Archer got sprayed with caused them to reverse imprint on the baby insectoids, thereby making him obsessed with caring for the eggs. And Tapal has the Makos return to duty. They probably would have eaten them or something. Yeah. Probably. In Archer's quarters, Trip apologizes for shooting Archer. Trip <laughs> also says that they uh, got their antimatter reserves back and that there are 19 hatchlings running around in the Zindi ship. Uh, Archer orders that they set course to Azadi Prime at maximum warp as the episode ends. Yeah. So was there something about... Um... Uh, then they mentioned something near the end of the episode that the hatchlings were running around, but that they should be okay or something. Yeah. Like, I feel like they made a point to say that, oh, and by the way, after all that, the the hatchlings will be fine. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so, um, I like parts of this episode. Um, I, I obviously the idea that, you know, there wasn't something done about Archer's behavior sooner was a little concerning. Um, but I mean, it, it had some definite tension in it. Uh, you know, had some big moments, uh, you know, Mayweather got to, you know, be a little bit of a hero and, uh, and sub help subdue, uh, Hayes and, and the Makos. I mean, I just think that it's maybe a little contrived, maybe a lot contrived. <laughs> a lot contrived. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I do like the conflict between the Makos and Starfleet. This is something I've been thinking about the entire time I've been watching these episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, uh, I mean, this episode was to show, or this episode was to elaborate more on these Indian sectoids, of which we mm-hmm. know very little. Right. Um, 
but do we need to actually delve into each of the Zindi species? Maybe not. <laughs> Before the end of the, the end of the season. Well, I mean, that's assuming that this is wrapped up by the end of the season. Um, probably not. No. Um, you know, we, we know there's, you know, there's aquatic ones. There are, uh, you know, there are kind of ape ones. There are insect ones. There are reptilians. We get it, you know, and we know what we know. And we know what insects are like. Yeah. So do, do we necessarily need that? Um, yeah, I, I definitely think that probably, like I said, something should have been done about what Archer was ordering sooner. Um, I think that it's a little unrealistic, well, maybe a lot unrealistic, uh, that the Makos were just, you know, they saw the same things going on that the rest of the Enterprise crew saw going on. Um, the fact that, you know, they just unquestionably followed Archer's orders, uh, even when it's obvious that he's putting the ship in danger. You know, he wants to send out a distress call to their primary enemy, to the, to the primary threat to the Enterprise or the Zindi. But Archer wants to send out a distress call and call the Zindi to their location, and yet Hayes and the Makos don't seem to have any problem with this. Yeah, I mean... The it seems like a huge military blunder, basically. Yeah, the whole reason they're on the ship is to fight the Zindi. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, no, Archer's got the right idea. Yeah, I mean, they're there to, to, to fight the Zindi, to protect the Enterprise from, you know, allow them to complete this, this crucial mission. Um, but when... Archer basically wants to uh, give away the location of the Enterprise. They don't seem to have any problem with it. And it's up to the, you know, the Enterprise crew to be the smart ones. Um, you know, I mean, maybe there could be something said about, oh, well, you know, it's showing that you know, maybe the military, um, maybe the Makos aren't, you know, the smartest when it comes to this sort of thing. But they really should be if it's their specialty. It's their whole raison d'être, you know, or whatever, however you say it, for being on the ship. Yeah. Um, some random notes. Um, we learned that Reed's father loves collecting insects. Mm, mm-hmm. Uh, and Archer tells a story about his great-grandfather being in North Africa during the eugenics wars. Mm, yeah, there's a mention of it. Right. Uh, the eugenics wars, of course, being con at, at all. Mm-hmm. Kind of the last great war on Earth, right? Yeah. Before things got better, more <laughs> Star Trekky, apparently. Uh, so that was a, that was an interesting callback. Um, it, I think it would have been great if Reed had had kept the dead uh, zen, the dead insectoid um, hatchling and and ta- taken it to his dad. Oh, that would be ugh. Ugh. Yeah, it was pretty gross. Um, I was yeah. I was hoping that the uh, dead in, uh, Zindi insectoids would come back, and the, that Hayes was right that they were just mm-hmm. hibernating. They were just hibernating. That would have been an interesting, uh, an interesting little twist. You know, like you think the episode's over, and then you find out, oh no, they're still alive, and you know, they're they're on, now they're on the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Could have been an interesting way to take it, maybe. Um, but I feel like you know, it's just kind of like you had this. You had this standoff between the Makos and and the rest of the crew. Ended up that the rest of the crew, as usual, is right. Um, what will this lead to? Anything? Probably not. <laughs> it, it felt like such a weird detour because you didn't. Mm-hmm. You already had the fight between Reed and Hayes in the previous episode, and then mm-hmm. they, you know, sorted out their differences. 
Or, I mean, I have to think, are they are they building up to something in the season finale? You know, are they building up to another moment where it's Mako's versus Enterprise crew? I don't know. Well, Probably. M- I don't know. Maybe there's some sort of payoff for this. But my thinking is, they've already settled this. Let's move on to Zadi Prime. But mm-hmm. no, we're going to talk about Zindi an insectoids for an episode. Yeah, they put an episode in between uh, the the previous one and the episode actually titled Azadi Prime <laughs> for some unknown reason. So maybe we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have to talk about Azadi Prime yeah. uh, and see if <laughs> there is any connection. But um, yeah. Let's take a little maybe break not. first. And then okay. when we come back, we will talk about Azadi Prime. UPN Wednesday on an all new Star Trek Enterprise. A desperate suicide run. I'll be flying the mission. The captain becomes a living torpedo. I don't want you to die. Aimed at the heart of the machine that could destroy Earth. The captain isn't coming back. Star Trek Enterprise. And we're back. Uh, we're going to talk about Star Trek Enterprise Season 3, Episode 18 Azadi Prime. Original air date, March 3rd, 2004. Take it away, Randy. All right. So this episode opens with the Enterprise arriving at last in the Azadi Prime system. Uh, I noted that it pretty much looks like uh, in the episode Stratagem, where they trick Degra into thinking they've arrived at Azadi Prime. Uh, we we are on the bridge of the Enterprise, and we see the big uh, red... Is it Red Dwarf Star? Uh, red um, Giant. Red Giant Star, right, right. You're just thinking of Red Dwarf this. the show. Yeah, I always get those confused. Um, <laughs> but basically, it's on the view screen. Um, they Enterprise detects that the uh, detection grid, uh, this this defense network uh, that Degra uh, told them about, is a real thing, and it is working. Uh, so Archer orders Enterprise into position behind a small moon uh, that they passed upon entering the system. Uh, just then, a convoy of Zendi ships arrive. Uh, they're able to tell from the uh, design and the warp signature of the lead ship that it's Degra's. So, Degra's back, guys. Um, on board Degra's ship, uh, Degra and the other Zendi are toasting to the completion of the Zendi superweapon. And we have the opening credits. After the opening credits, uh, we come back to the council ship. Uh, there are some Zindi consulates, uh, congratulating Degra on, uh, the completion of the weapon, weapon, uh, but the reptilian Zindi are, uh, impatient and basically want to just get on with destroying the earth. Uh, in, uh, the situation room on Enterprise, uh, Reed and T'Pol, uh, are studying the defense grid and can't find a way through it. Uh, it turns out it's made up of thousands of satellites uh, that have this redundancy, so even if they were to take out one of them, another would take its place pretty much immediately. Um, tying back in to the hatchery that we just talked about, uh, Archer suggests that they could perhaps use the insectoid shuttle uh, that they uh, took on board from the insectoid ship uh, in order to somehow get through the defenses. Uh, Trip and Travis talk about perhaps piloting it, but they're hesitant. Uh, they're hesitant to do it. They think it might be too difficult, but Archer wants them to try anyways. Uh, so we get a scene of, uh, Trip and Travis in the launch bay trying to figure out the shuttle's controls. Meanwhile, Hoshi is on the bridge, uh, working on a way, uh, for them to speak with the insectoids in case they come across any. Um, Archer wants them to take the shuttle, uh, go through the defense grid and gather intelligence on the super weapons location. 
uh, Travis and Trip uh, do a kind of a tandem flight. Uh, they launch, uh, and the shuttle, uh, the insectoid shuttle, scrapes the hull. And there's a nice little uh, comedic moment where uh, Archer and Trip, uh, where Trip says, uh, "You know, I'm sorry about that," and Archer tells him he'll send him the bill. So. Yeah, it's nice to know that even in these dire times, there's a little levity going on. <laughs> uh, Trip and Travis pass through the grid successfully, uh, but are soon hailed by an insectoid ship. Uh, but thanks to Hoshi's weird uh, translation of the weird clicks, uh, <laughs> clicky insectoid language, which sounds really creepy, uh, they're able to deal with it and are told to rendezvous with their ship uh, immediately. Uh, as the shuttle uh, reaches uh, the planet uh, where the super weapon is supposedly located, uh, Enterprise loses contact with them. Uh, it turns out that there's uh, interference coming from a base on the moon they're orbiting. Uh, the base is facing away from Azadi Prime, uh, so before uh, the base can, the, the moon can rotate and they can get a warning back to Azadi Prime, uh, Archer orders the destruction of the base from orbit. Um, from a uh, photon torpedo, and I noted that this was this was cold hearted. <laughs> he he basically there they, there is some discussion about whether or not you know wow can we really do this? And then Archer just basically says you know take him out from orbit, and they do. Uh, any means necessary, I guess. Yeah. So back on the planet with Trip and Travis, uh, there's no sign of the weapon uh, or masses of land on the surface, so they decide that they're gonna you know go into the ocean. So, thankfully, uh, they're able to fly the shuttle in there, and they find the weapon underwater. It's huge. It looks like the Legion of Doom's headquarters from Super Friends. (laughs) Yeah, it does, actually. So they're able to fly through it. I mean, this is how big this thing is. Um, you know, there's ships going in and out of it, working on it. It's it's like a Death Star being built, basically. Um... Uh, and they're able to go through it and take their readings. So back on uh, Enterprise in the command center, uh, the crew uh, is reviewing the scan data. Uh, and then they determine that a uh, the shuttle, uh, that it could be flown in uh, and exploded using a couple of warheads uh, to take out the weapon. But of course, this would be a one-way trip, basically a suicide mission. Uh, both Travis and Trip volunteer, but Archer ultimately cuts them off and says he'll do it. Um, after this meeting, Archer leaves the Situation Room and walks to a turbo lift. Uh, but when he opens the door, he finds himself in a strange area. It's obviously another ship. So you know what that means. We know what that means. It's Daniels. He's back. Crewman Daniels from in his weird to be future suit. <laughs> uh, this part was pretty cool. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Daniels tells uh, Archer that they are actually on board the Enterprise J, <laughs> uh, 400 years into the future. Of course. Um, so basically, Enterprise J, uh, it looks, it's super dark inside. <laughs> a very, like, militaristic ship. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of reminded me of the episode of, um, TNG where they have the, mil- the, the two, uh, it's yesterday's Enterprise where they have the two Enterprise Ds, uh, and one of them is, like, super militarized. Um, they're surrounded by an, an anomaly like the one we saw um, them travel through in Doctor's Orders. Turns out that this one is a 50,000 light years across and is can, is still expanding. Um, and I, I noted that there's a diagram of the Enterprise J behind them. It looks really cool and it's gigantic. Uh, and you can actually, um, if you Google image search or Google search, you can find plenty of renders that fans have done. And it's a pretty cool looking ship. 
and it's massive. Nice. Um, yeah. So check it out after the podcast. Um, so there's a battle going on outside. We find out that it's the battle of Procyon five. Um, in it, it, the Federation, which he explains briefly to Archer, are battling the Sphere Builders. So here we go. We actually have a name for them. They're the Sphere Builders. <laughs> Not the most uh, exciting name. But, you um, know, very on the nose. Yeah. So it's as expected. They're trying to take over our universe or our galaxy. Uh, and to do so, Daniels explains basically the big reveal um, that they've tricked the Zindi uh, into taking out the earth because they know that earth and the federation are the only ones who can stop them. Cause this is the, he's witnessing the battle where, uh, the sphere builders lose. Um, he tries to convince Archer to reconsider his suicide mission. Uh, but Archer says he won't. Uh, Daniel says he's going to give him something in case he changes his mind. It's a small disc. It's a family medal of a Zindi who serves aboard the enterprise J. So that's a little glimpse into the future. Uh, Archer's back on the NX-01, not the J anymore. Uh, he talks with T'Pol, who says she will quantum date the metal, uh, and tries to convince Archer not to embark on his suicide mission. Uh, we switch over to Degra's ship. Uh, they are planning the transport of the superweapon. Uh, we then, just then, they hear that they've lost contact with the moon base, and so they are going to send a patrol. So things look bad for Enterprise. Uh, Degra, uh, it turns out, is still bothered by the idea that children will be killed by the super weapon. Uh, but one of the other Zendis tells them, we're doing this for our children. Uh, back on the Enterprise, uh, Trip is showing Archer, uh, how to pilot the insectoid shuttle. Uh, Archer, uh, we get a little bit of a, of a callback to some previous episodes. Uh, he tells Trip that he, he has to do this. He's the one that has to do this. And he runs through what's happened so far, uh, with, with ordering the, the death of Sim, uh, with ordering the deaths of those on the moon base. And he tells Trip he won't order anyone else to die. Uh, we get a scene where he drops Porthos off with flocks. Uh, he tells Flocks not to harvest any of Porthos, uh, and to give him a piece of cheese every now and then. Uh, Archer gives them a, a trademarked Archer speech, uh, before <laughs> launching. <laughs> it's something, something, you know, we've got to do this, something, something, uh, Earth, America. <laughs> what, 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 if it, what if his speech was just the lyrics to the opening song? That would have been awesome. <laughs> We might yet get that. Uh, after the speech, we see T'Pol go into the ready room, and she has a little cry. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. like she's usually so controlled. Mm -hmm. And this isn't even like a situation where she's supposedly, you know, her, her control of her, her emotions is compromised. I mean, this is like, she's just crying about Archer. So she clearly cares a lot about him. So, yeah, I feel like that, that definitely gives some weight to the situation. Um, but, you know, obviously we know Archer. We'll talk about it in a minute. Um, <laughs> so Archer launches, uh, he arrives at the planet, dives under the ocean, and what do you know, he's been intercepted. Uh, back on Enterprise, everyone's impatient. What's going on? There's no big boom. <laughs> it's been two hours. Uh, Tripp and T'Pol are squabbling over, uh, how she's not on the bridge, uh, and she's obviously very upset and tells Tripp to get out. 
And I made a note, I couldn't tell if it was still that she's distraught over, over losing Archer, or if she's still hopeful. Like, she's like, I'm not going to take over the captain seat yet, because I still have hope that Archer will live hmm. or survive. Anyways, um, back on the reptilian ship, uh, we see Archer is in the brig being interrogated. Uh, they want to know if Enterprise is part of a larger attack. Uh, he makes this, he makes a pretty funny joke. Uh, he tells them the history of how Earth used to be ruled by reptilians, uh, in the form of the dinosaurs, but they were taken out by, uh, an asteroid. Uh, and he, he has this, this funny joke about how, uh, the problem with them was that they had these really tiny brains. And he says, huh, that must basically be the same no matter where you go. Uh, and the reptilian Zendi really doesn't like that. Uh, then he makes another joke about one of his favorite restaurants in San Francisco serving turtle soup. So he's basically trying to stall. Right. Um, they tell him that they know where Enterprise is. And Archer uh, says that he'll only talk with Degra. Uh, first, the reptilian commander plays dumb. Degra who? But Archer says, uh, get in touch with Degra. Tell him the name of his third child. Uh, the reptilian says Degra only has two, and Archer says, prove me wrong. Uh, on Enterprise, uh, the crew's talking about how they should have sensed the explosion of the superweapon by now, uh, even though it's under the ocean and very far away. Uh, T'Pol says uh, that if they don't hear from Archer in one hour, she will pilot a shuttle in and attempt a diplomatic solution, which is, you know, met with a lot of skepticism. She's still not giving up on Archer. Uh, on the reptilian ship, back on there, uh, Archer is talking, uh, with Degra, who's surprised that Archer knows him, because obviously he doesn't remember the events of, uh, Stratagem. Archer says, it's a long story. Uh, there was a whole episode about it, you know. Yeah, yeah, go back and watch, go back and watch, go Netflix it. (laughs) (laughs) Just have Krim and Daniels, you know, take you there, whatever. Uh, so basically he conveys what Daniels told him. He tells Degra about the sphere builders and their plan. Um, he tells them about the future and he gives them the medal. Uh, it turns out, uh, that, you know, that on Degra's ship, uh, they quantum date their, or Degra rather is, uh, is talking about, uh, how they've quantum dated it and it confirms his story. This is from the future. Uh, Degra says that Archer also told him that there were reptilians uh, in the past on Earth in Detroit. So we have another callback to Carpenter Street. Uh, they want to know, uh, basically, Degra, and it seems like the Zindi that are a little more on his side, uh, want to know how the reptilians got there. And we hear mention that she may have taken them. Hmm. Uh, who is this she? Uh, they discuss telling the council about all of this but without the reptilians learning. On Enterprise, T'Pol is planning to take the shuttle on her diplomatic mission, but Trip is trying to stop her. Uh, turns out, though, there's not time uh, to go to the Zindi because the Zindi have come to them. Uh, on the reptilian ship, Archer is continuing to try to convince the Zindi of the truth. Uh, they say it's not working, but he thinks otherwise, because why else would they still be listening to him? Uh Back at the Enterprise, it's under attack from the Zindi, and there's a whole lot of damage. Uh, back to the Reptilian ship, uh, the Reptilian commander wants Archer taken to a detention center with the survivors. Survivors? 
he reveals that they've attacked the Enterprise. Uh, Degra is upset. Uh, they had talked about holding off on attacking, but the Reptilian commander went ahead without the consent of the others. Uh, the other Zendi want to assemble the Council to talk about what they've learned. Uh, back on the Enterprise, it's, the situation's really bad. Uh, they're venting atmosphere, uh, bulkheads are failing, they can't seal off parts of the ship. Crew members are being sucked out into space through the holes, uh, and Trip is forced to evacuate engineering. While all of this is going on, a uh, part of the bridge dome collapses, almost crushing Travis. Uh, and meanwhile, T'Pol is sitting in the captain's chair, basically frozen, awaiting destruction of the Enterprise. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, it's a real good cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you uh, what did you think of this episode apart from the cliffhanger? Uh I thought it was cool. It was cool mm-hmm. that they reveal uh Daniel's return mm-hmm. is always nice. Yeah. Uh and yeah, like you said the Enterprise J part was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, so Federation and Zindi work together to take out the Sphere Makers in mm-hmm. one timeline, which the Sphere Makers are trying to avoid. Mhm. Uh, yeah, they can see in, apparently they can see into multiple timelines. Yes. Like they have the technology to basically see all the possible outcomes, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Uh, so the Federation and Zindi are supposed to work together, but we've never heard of the Zindi in any other Star Trek show. But mm-hmm. let's ignore that for now. <laughs> yeah, at what point? I'm almost wondering, like, at what point are they supposed to work together? Like, is it maybe they're trying to imply that it's like post next generation? Yeah, that, maybe. That that humans meet the Zindi, but uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe they'll be in the new series. Probably, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> maybe the Zindi are the bad guys in Star Trek Beyond. We don't know. Oh, maybe. Uh, yeah, it was. it's cool that things are winding down. Uh, that the Zindi Council is kind of falling apart a little bit. That the mm-hmm. reptilians are doing their own thing, and Degra is like, hold on a second. Maybe this archer guy has some good ideas. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he has some co- compelling evidence, at least. Mm-hmm. And, and we're getting the sense that... So I mentioned this she, this this mysterious character that could have taken the reptilians through time. So clearly there's a precedent for this. Like, they've been talking with someone. Mm-hmm. Well, they I think they've admitted as much that basically they've been told by who we now know are called the sphere builders that they're... Um, They've been told that Earth is the Earthlings are going to destroy them. Right. That that we've seen the future and Earthlings are going to destroy you in four hundred years. But it turns out no, it's Zendi and the Earthlings and the Federation are going to destroy the Sphere Builders in four hundred years. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a reason there for them to believe Archer. Yeah. I um, do like the reveal of the big bed. I actually like the slow reveal of the big bed because they go into the expanse at the beginning of this episode or mm-hmm, this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Enterprise goes into the expanse and there's all these spatial anomalies and they find these giant spheres. And, and it's just like, what's this about? It's yeah. like, oh, this is just weird thing going on. But we really mm-hmm. got to get to the Zindi. And then it turns out, actually, there's something more going on, which, yeah. which I appreciated. Well, yeah, that they, that they've built this up over an entire season mm-hmm. is pretty cool. I mean, it's 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 really. I mean, granted, I I've seen very little of um, DS Nine, 
But I mean, I think from my experience, even with with enemies or with with villains, I guess it's a better term like the Borg. I mean, they'll pop up now and again, but I don't think I recall a uh, Star Trek series where there was this much continuity through an entire season. Yeah. I mean, we have whole episodes now that just basically go from one to the end of the next. Right. Uh, which is very different for Star Trek. And, you know, even though some we've talked about it up to this point, that some of the episodes haven't been the greatest, I still, you know, I still, like, respect what they're trying to do in, for, for Star Trek. Um, and I still think it's pretty, pretty cool overall. Yeah, so, it's... Uh... It's a season that benefits what we're doing where we're kind of binging this season in a uh-huh. way because uh-huh. then we can go back and say, oh, yeah, remember two episodes ago when this happened? Now they're uh-huh. referencing it now. You know? Yeah, it actually carries through. There's there's something, you know, there's there's a lot of callbacks. I mean, like I said, in this episode alone, they, you know, they call back to Carpenter Street. They call back to Stratagem. Uh, so so there's like this interconnectedness that doesn't necessarily always happen on Star Trek. Right. Uh, but which I believe happens on DS9 quite a bit. It does uh, happen a lot in the final seasons of DS9. Okay. And, I mean, it makes sense then that, you know, there are people working on this show that worked on DS9 in its later seasons. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how this, this season concludes. And like I said, I mean, at this point, I'm not even sure this season will wrap everything up. I mean, it kind of stands to reason, you know, with the formula <laughs> that it will. But we'll see. Yeah. And they're, they're uh, this, definitely trying some different things. This is quite the cliffhanger to end on. Uh, oh, yeah. It, I have to admit, as soon as this episode ended, I started the next one. Oh, yeah. You know, actually, I haven't yet, but I'm I'm really eager to. You know, it's 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 crazy. Like, this is the second time this season now we're, we're seeing the Enterprise basically being, like, surgically dismantled by enemies. Um, You know, the other was in um, the, uh, the, what was it, uh, Twilight? Was it? Yeah. The, the 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 episode where uh we see um a future possibility of what happens to enterprise and it's destroyed mm-hmm. um and you know at this point it's it's pretty messed up <laughs> <laughs> i mean we, we we've definitely had even more crew members die um so so funny i mean not funny i mean the, sorry sorry to the crew members families i didn't mean funny that they died um it's it's kind of crazy that you know this show that seemed so um, bent on, uh, you know, being very PG, you know, no death, uh, in its early, you know, its first couple of seasons now is just like, oh, you know, yeah, crew members dying left and right. Yeah. People got sucked out of the ship and to mm-hmm. space and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The stakes are definitely higher this mm-hmm. season. So it should be interesting to see how they, uh, bring us all together. On the next episode. We're going to talk about Damage and the Forgotten. Ooh. Okay. Well, hopefully that's not an episode that will best be forgotten. Yeah, hopefully not. And the other episode sounds kind of appropriate. It must, uh, you know, it's part two. (laughs) Damage. Yeah. So that sounds awesome. Can't wait. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you then. See ya. Only six episodes are left to the end of their mission or the end of Earth. Wednesday, the Enterprise is a shattered and burning wreck. No weapons, no power. And now for the bad news. 